surprise this morning. I didn't know last Sunday that I was going to be doing a double hitter. <clears throat> but uh, my body is under attack. But since he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. Uh, and you need to make this a practice too if you, if you have the heart. Whenever the enemy comes against you, it might be an area of your finances or your children or blah, 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 blah. You ought to be even bigger and stronger for God, okay? Um, because that's, that's what gets him. Because he, the, the goal of, of our spiritual enemy is to make us think that if he attacks us, then we will stop serving God or we will stop talking about God or we will stop loving one another. Okay, I'm just going to be mad at everybody. But if you want to reverse what he's doing, if you want to take away his power, then do what he does not expect you to do. If somebody, that's why he says, you know, you need to bless those who curse you. And I explained last week, because when you send out a curse, that curse is coming back to you. But when you send out a blessing, the blessing is going to come back to you. So you need to just do the opposite. So since, you know, he just really just pounded me yesterday, pounded me last night, okay? I had to get out of bed and just go sleep on the couch, you know, because I, you know, I just felt so under attack. You know, and I woke up this morning. I said, "Oh, I owe you. <laughs> I owe you. Oh, you you want to come at come at me like that? All right. Well, uh, let's see what God is how God is going to respond. So I want you to. We have been studying the Book of Acts, Amen. And Pastor Daryl has been doing such a great job with the Book of Acts, has he not? Yeah. Amen. He's been doing a great book with the back uh, with the Book of Acts, and amen. and uh, Amen. That's right. And um. We know that uh, they are both teachers sent from God. But um, I want to just share with you out of Acts, the, uh, the sixth chapter, okay? And uh, I want to give a title for my message, uh, Crazy for Jesus, okay? I'm just crazy, crazy about Jesus, okay? Let's look at somebody and say, you crazy about Jesus? Okay, well... This message is crazy about Jesus. Amen. What do crazy people act like, basically? You know, crazy, right? Amen. What they do don't make no sense, okay, when you are crazy about something. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now, Lord, that you will lift the words from this page, Lord, and that they would ride on the wings of the Holy Spirit, Father, and find a permanent dwelling place in the heart of every hearer, Father. And then when the seed of your word goes in, I pray that it would sprout up and just produce much fruit. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. This is a wonderful story uh, about the first century church, about the first church, when the first church got started, the original. I'm not talking about this church or any other church. In LA. I'm talking about way back when, a few thousand years ago, first century, a.k.a. A.D., after the death of Christ, when the church is started. And the church is springs up in the city of Jerusalem. And Jerusalem was a very, very interesting um, city at the time because it was a cross-section of L.A., New York, Chicago, okay, um, and some other, Bangladesh, and, and all the big urban hubs around the world. And the reason why I said it was a, it was a 
a city that was uh, full of travelers from around the world um, is because remember when uh, the Holy Ghost fell in chapter 2, the book of Acts, and it says that when Peter got up and preached, that he preached in every language. Remember that? So it meant that there were people because it was a, uh, 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 Jerusalem was a place, was a crosswords with travelers and traders went back and forth. There was every nationality represented in that city. Amen. It was an urban hub. And so remember when pre- when Peter preached, okay, it says that uh, the people from India said, how does he, how can I understand this in my language? I don't get it. And people from China said, I don't understand. People from Africa, they were from everywhere. That's what Jerusalem was like. Not only was Jerusalem an urban hub, a place of, tr- of trade, a place of great wealth. There was It was a place of many religions. They had temples all over the city that represented all kind of gods and goddesses because remember it was under Roman domination and Rome believed in everything Zeus and Jupiter and, and Diana uh, and all everything was worshipped there and in that uh, in those worship centers they had something called temple prostitutes amen and what it meant that <clears throat> these traders and men would come from all over the world and they would go into these temples and they would be intimate with the prostitutes and then leave an offering and that's what they call religion that's how perverted uh, uh, things were and so there were Africans in that city there were Jews in that city. There were Gentiles in that city. There were Romans in that city. And everybody was carrying a sign saying that their lives mattered. Amen? You, you, you get what I'm saying? Because you know, it was it was that kind of time. Okay, it was that kind of time. It was that kind of scene. There was all kinds of things that were going on in this city. And then there arose a, a, a small faction, a small Jewish faction that they, that they were first called the way. Okay? They weren't called Christians or Christ followers. They were called the way, okay? Uh, because they said that they were showing the way to salvation, to eternal life. Because you, you got to understand, too, that when you live in an urban hub like that, where there is so much uh, going on with different philosophies, different values, all kind of crime and perversion and things going on, then you have people who are also desperately looking for a way out, okay? They don't see any. They are like mentally uh, under pressure. They are emotionally spent. Families are falling together all kind of new laws are coming into place that they don't understand and they don't know how to make themselves fit into these uh, uh, perverse laws that are being you know they're, they're trying to find ways to protect themselves a lot of them are trying to find ways to escape you know what they see happening to the people around them and there's this little sect that rises up and they call they're called the way they are Jesus followers and everybody has heard in Jerusalem I mean Jerusalem is an urban hub so they know about this Jesus Amen. They know how he was crucified on Calvary. But 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 now he's gone and his disciples are saying, you know, he's going to come back again, that he is still the way, the truth and the life, that there's no other way given by God, which men might be saved, that he is the only way of salvation. So, you know, they're upset. OK, they're supposed to because, you know, these are, are, are people who have practiced their particular religion and views and whatnot and cultures and cults for for, you know, a thousand years. Some of them, these are not not some kind 
kind of new new things okay these have come out of babylon and, and all the surrounding areas so that so now here's this cult now what makes the jesus cult because at the time it was a cult it was a cult is nothing but a small group of people who believe a certain way okay that is outside of the norm of the culture they call it a cult so this was a little jesus cult so what made them different from all of the other views that were going on in jerusalem because every time they preached about jesus hallelujah amen glory to god it was followed by signs and wonders okay that was the whole that's the thing that set them apart all these other religions people were committing suicide and acting crazy and taking prozac you know what i'm saying and and and, you know not knowing what to do and going through divorces and same sex this and aborting everything was their lives were going crazy and you cannot you cannot break god's law without God's law breaking you. The law is there to protect you, to keep you, to to watch over you and make sure that you not only have life, but you have it abundantly, meaning that you you really experience happiness and joy in your life. So people were basically unhappy, amen, because of their lifestyle. They didn't want to admit it. They didn't want to confess it because people were making money off of their unhappy lifestyle. You get what I'm saying? You, You know how many people, you know, pimps make money off of pimping okay so even though it's not a good thing still you know it's what they do okay you know this is just what i do okay this is what we do you know you do you and i'll do me you know but nobody's happy so here comes this little group of people group of apostles who have been filled with something that they're here in the city called the holy ghost okay and and thousands of people now walking around the city they are staggering drunk under this power that this unexplained power and every time they passed by they said that it was so intense that when Peter walked by even his shadow would cause crippled people to get up and walk amen that demons were being cast out and blind eyes were being opening so people began to take note all right now what we think about organized religion what we think about and I'm talking about crazy for Jesus okay what we think about organized religion that it is something that should be established and carried out by leaders okay now you know they're like apostles there's these apostles in Jerusalem 12 apostles you know and one apostle you know Judas he messed up so you know they had to find somebody to take his place Matthias and and the, but there were other there were other leaders okay but now I want you to talk about lay people in the body and the power how it it filtered down into the people that heard the word now that's the real evidence of the reality of God and the power of his word and the power of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So it says it starts out in Acts chapter six. It says and in those days, the disciples, the disciples was multiplied. That's just people who believed and they didn't just believe superficially. These were not Sunday go to church meeting people. These are people that carried Jesus back to their dwelling place, back to their jobs, back to every part of their life and it, it infect, impacted them and affected them and they wanted to live out this thing that they had experienced all right and it says and those disciples they multiplied but there arose a complaint against the, uh, 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 against the Hebrews by the Hellenists this is the Jews versus the Gentiles this is the white 
folks against the brown folks and the black people against the yellow people. You hear what I'm saying? This is a racial thing going on. It says so the Hebrews had the had there was a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists. And they said, Oh, you just cause just cause of our color you ain't taking care of our widows and orphans, okay? What's up with this racist stuff? Okay? So all it's all all I'm trying to say really is whatever's happening now is nothing new. Okay? There's nothing new under the sun. It says because their widows were neglected in, da- in, in the daily distribution, okay? They were feeding the hungry, okay, and making sure because a lot of these people were, that were being persecuted were losing their jobs, okay? They were getting their funds cut off, so they would start feeding them. Then the twelve, that's the apostles, summoned a multitude of the disciples and said, it is not desirable that we should lead the word of God to serve tables. He said, we need to be about God's business, preaching and leading the church and building the church up. It says, therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, who you may appoint over this business. But we ourselves will will continually, uh, ourselves continually to to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Okay. We need to concentrate on spiritual things and have them take care of the mundane. All right. You got that part, right? So he's talking about lay people. He's talking about people with no labels. Okay. They're not labeled as anything. They don't have no office in the church. They're just folks and just, Hey, would you like to feed some people? Hey, would you like to go see about the widows and see if they need a ride to the hospital? Hey, would you like to go get so-and-so's son out of jail? This was the body. And this, oh my God, my God, help me right now. This has been the thing that has stagnated the church. That somehow people think that it's up to leaders, okay, to take care of the church. And all we're supposed to do is come and hear the word every Sunday and go back and try to be happy and live our lives. That is not how the church was established. The church was established so that everyone who was joined to the church, if you were a disciple, you had a calling on you to do something for God. Oh, y'all are very quiet. All right. Y'all are very, very quiet. But I'm just telling you the truth. It says, so let, let's us continue in prayer and, and let's send, send somebody out to do this work. Verse five. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. So they, stu- they chose Stephen. Somebody say Stephen. Stephen. Somebody write down his name because this is very important. Write down his name because you need to know his name. Amen. He said, so they chose Stephen, a man who was full of faith and the Holy Spirit and Philip and Prochorus, uh, Nicanor, Timon, and the rest of the folks, okay? (laughs) And and proselytes from Antioch, okay? Whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them, okay? Uh, Then the word of God spread, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, that everybody was, the church was being added to daily, and and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Amen. So um, uh, the, the apostles pick a group of brothers and say, listen, you know, your job is to take care of the needs of people in the church. All right. And later they would give them a, na- a name called um, anybody know the name they gave them later on? Deacons. OK. Deacons. Deacons were nothing but helpers. They were support people, deacons and deaconesses. The interesting thing is that what happened with Stephen and what happened to Philip as time passed, okay, just lay people in the church. And it says in verse 8 that Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. 
Anybody confused? Anybody confused? Because why would Stephen, who was just a lay person in the church, okay, no title, no, he was on, he was going to do what? What did they lay on hands on him to do? Serve people. Serve people, take care of widows. What does the Bible say? And Stephen was full of faith and power and did great wonders and signs among the people. Okay? So, two and two equals four, doesn't it? So that means that you don't have to have a title to have great faith and to do great signs and wonders among the people. Look at somebody and say, you don't need a title to do great things for God. Okay, to do great things for God. Say it to somebody else. You don't need a title to do great things for God. Is anybody getting what I'm saying here? Amen. Look at somebody else say, you don't have to be a grown-up to do great things for God. I can be a child and do great things for God. Look at somebody else say, you're never too old to do great things for God. Okay, look at them one more time. You just have to have a want to. You just have to be crazy for Jesus. That's all. That's all. That's all. You don't have to know no whole lot of scripture. People think they got to know all these scriptures and know all this word. No, you have to be there. You just have to be crazy for Jesus. Okay? You have to be, huh? Huh? Yeah, it's good to know the word. You'll get there. But it's better to live it. Okay? Better to let the word catch up with you. Okay? Let the word catch up with you. Say, oh, is that in the word? Me feeding the hungry, that's in the word. I didn't know that. Yeah, me taking care of stray dogs, that's in the word. I didn't know that. Okay? Me, me going over, pay, painting somebody's house, cleaning up, and visiting people in jail. Oh, that's in the word? Yeah, check Matthew 25. Yeah. It's all there. Okay? Let the word catch up with you. All right? But you got to be crazy for Jesus. And look. Stephen was so full of faith and power and he did so many great wonders. It says, verse 9 says, Then there arose some from who were called from the synagogue of freemen, Alexandrians, and those from Sicilia and Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. Okay? Then they secretly induced men, saying, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes. That, and, that came, uh, and they came upon him, seized him, and brought him to the council. Amen. Have you ever gotten in trouble for being crazy for Jesus? Yeah. yeah. Most of you have not. Yeah. Most of you have not. Mm-hmm. Most of you have not. Mm-hmm. You have not gotten in trouble. I just need to for doing something crazy for Jesus, because most Christians, starting with pastors, are afraid to do anything. That's crazy for Jesus. They're afraid to say anything. Okay. That's against the cultural norms. They're afraid to say anything against the government and the president. Oh, no, no, you can't say anything against, you know, Obama. You know, he's he's our brother. He's this, that, and the other. You better check every leader against the word of God. Okay. That's what color they are. Okay. 
Are they the color of the blood? Okay, that's what I need to know. Are they the color of the blood? Okay, and are they lining up with the word of God? But pastors are afraid. They're afraid of what their members will say. They're afraid of what's going to happen to them on the parking lot. They're afraid that you won't tithe anymore. They're afraid that you won't serve. They're afraid they won't like me anymore. I am serious. People, you know, they're afraid to say to their friends, you know, hey, do you know Jesus? Have you ever just walked up to somebody and said, do you know Jesus? No, because you're afraid, okay? You would rather have them die and go to hell than to ask them, do they know Jesus? And I've often shared the story that a guy came to uh, to fix my plumbing at my house. And uh, uh, the Lord told me, he said, tell him, uh, tell him about me. And after I saw the bill, I wasn't telling him nothing, okay? (laughs) I was like, wait a minute, are you crazy? All you did was open up my drain, you know, blah, blah, blah. And the Holy Spirit said, tell him about Jesus. Tell him that he has to confess with his mouth the Lord, that if he confesses with his mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, if he understands who he is and he believes that in his heart, and there's a marriage between what he says in his mouth and what he really believes in his heart because see a lot of people say stuff with their mouth but it ain't in their heart oh do you love jesus yeah i love jesus do you accept jesus christ as lord and savior i accept blood and jesus but their heart is still uh, maybe i don't know well we'll see what happens it hasn't connected but when your heart jumps up and said yes this is what i want i'm tired of my life being a mess okay i'm tired of all the confusion i'm tired of going around like a little rabbit on a little spinning wheel you know with my life going nowhere I'm tired 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 of not finding anybody to love of not anybody loving me I'm tired of being in trouble I'm tired of this I'm tired of that I'm tired of feeling like killing myself and the heart says yes it jumps up in your mouth and says yes that's what salvation is it is a change in your heart people say well repent it means that I am turning away. It's a, and, it's, and it's a turning that takes place in salvation. The turning takes place in such a way where, you know, what are you drinking over there? What's in your cup? Is that tea? Okay. Now, let's say that it's scotch. Okay. And I love scotch, you know, with, with a little cutty and soda. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, I love it. But all of a sudden, when something happens in my heart, Okay, I'll give you better this. Any woman in here ever been pregnant? What happened when you got pregnant and the things that you used to eat? It's like your whole mouth just changes, okay? And the things you used to love, it's like, yuck, what is that? I don't know why you get pregnant and it affects your taste buds, okay? And the things that you used to hate all of a sudden become pleasant to you, okay? (laughs) Because something has been birthed on the inside of you. Something is growing inside of you and it changes everything about you. And if you say that you are born again, yes, I received Christ, but you don't want to know nothing about him. You're not interested, okay? You don't want to go to church. You don't sit in your house when nobody's looking. Just get on your knees and say, Lord, just reveal yourself to me. Lord, you see the situation with my mom, my dad. You know what I'm going through in my finances. God, just do something. It's just you and him, okay? All of that is stirring in your heart. Nobody can teach you that. Nobody can teach you anything. It has to be heart. And when you hear the word, and the word is spiritual intercourse, 
It comes in through your ear. Oh, hallelujah. I'm, I'm trying to. It comes in through the ear. He says, how can he be saved unless he hear? And then it gets down in your heart and your heart will receive it or reject it. Amen. Even though your mouth said, you might say yes, just because everybody else is saying yes. But it didn't happen. You ain't pregnant. Okay. Because when you get pregnant, something changes. Something changes in you. And so what happened when Stephen started preaching, people start changing and it upset a lot of folks because now you ain't buying no more weed from me. Okay, you ain't coming to the club. My club's about to go broke over here. You know, you're not doing this and you're not doing this. Every time I cuss, you look at me funny. Okay, you don't, you know, you got rid of all your little goddess chains. You know what I'm saying? And and stop worrying about, you know, whether I'm a Greek and you're a Hebrew and all that kind of stuff. All of a sudden, that don't matter. You know what I'm saying? What's wrong with you? You know, you must have a problem. So they got upset with Stephen. They got upset with him. And somebody ought to be upset with you. Amen. Somebody ought to be upset. Somebody needs to love you or hate you. Because yeah. Jesus said in his words, you will be hated yeah. for my name's yeah. sake. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when the name of Jesus used to be popular. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. In the black community, what? Everybody talked about Jesus. Lord Jesus this. Lord Jesus that. Jesus was on everybody's lips. You say Jesus now. I'm on a salaka You know, that mean, you know. Be like, oh, God. Like, what? You know? Oh, yeah, that's the white man's God you talking about. Yeah, I know where you coming from. You know? So Jesus is not popular right now. And he was not popular in the first century. So when he, when Stephen kept on talking about this Jesus and people were literally changing before their eyes, the crippled were getting healed. The mentally crazy were all of a sudden sane. Okay. And, and, and they're like, okay, did this dude, this has got to stop. And so they called, they called Stephen, they dragged Stephen into court. Okay, and some of you will literally end up in court over the decisions that you make. I'm prophesying to you. Okay, you will end up in court. Amen. And you have to call for people to raise your bail. Okay, and I don't know what you're doing or what you're thinking about. Some of y'all are going to be out of work because they, you know, not even because of what you said, because they know what you believe, because you refuse to participate in an abortion procedure or some other or some kind of legal thing. You work in a school and you re- refuse not to mention the Bible or have kids pray if they want to. Whatever you do, you're going to end up in trouble because that is. A, but anyway, they drag, they drag Stephen in the court. Yeah, you hear me. They drag him in the court. And he begins to preach. And if you go back and look at chapter six and seven, the boy is throwing down. Okay, he's throwing down. And so they're listening and they're upset. You know, when is he going to shut up? Okay, he's going to shut up. So he brings his sermon to a crescendo. And in verse 51, he brings the whole message to the court that he has been drugged into, a religious leader, to a crescendo. And you know what he says in verse 51? He says, well, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but um, 
this is what I would like to leave with you because I don't want to get in trouble with anybody, okay? So this is this is what I'm saying. You know, if you just forget, you know, what I said and, you know, because I love all people, you know, of all beliefs and all races, you know, uh, wish that we could sing a Coke and everything sing along. Wish that we could, it's the whole world. You know, Stephen was just so accommodating. No, he wasn't. No? That's not what it says? Oh, here's what he said in verse 51. You stiff-necked, uncircumcised in your heart, in your ears, you stupid people resisting the Holy Ghost. Just like your fathers did. What is wrong with you? What the heck is your problem? <laughs> so what they did, they said, is this dude serious? Is he, did he really, really talk about my mom up in here? What is, you, you receive the law and, 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 and by the direction of the angels and you have not kept, you talk about you're here to defend the law because he's speaking to the Sadducees and the Pharisees. He said, you talk about defending the law. You ain't thinking about no doggone law. Look at you. The angels see you. You're not keeping it. Verse 5033. And when they heard these things, they were cut in their heart. And they just gritted their teeth. But Stephen, being full of the Holy Ghost, he said, God, I'm just crazy about you, Jesus. I'm just crazy about you. And you know what it says? It says, when he gazed up to heaven and he saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, look, I see the heavens open up and the Son of Man standing by the right hand of God. Now, you have to know how significant that really, really is. Because everywhere in the Bible, it says that Jesus was seated by the right hand of God. But when Stephen stood up for him like a crazy man and said, I don't care if you take my life, you can take everything I got. I'm telling you that Jesus is Lord. He is the way. He is the truth and the life. And apart from him, you can do nothing. There is no other name given under heaven by which man might be saved he came he bled he died he sacrificed his life his blood yes I said blood that red sticky stuff that came out of him was enough one drop was a way to was enough to wash away your sins to forgive you of how you used the clown in the past every sin that you committed everything that the devil has tormented you about about how you used to do and what you used to do and what people did to you that blood that one little drop just put a drop in a bucket of water amen and put a sponge in there and wash your mind wash your past wash every record of your wrongdoing wash away criminal activities wash away perversion wash away meanness wash away unforgiveness wash away sin wash away exes wash away all of the things that I used to be confusion and stupidity some of us have just been stupid amen no wisdom at all wash away stupid from the brain Father, in the name of Jesus, he just washes us like you're in a dark place, and all of a sudden, he just goes in and hits the light switch, amen, and you see things as they really are, the way God wants you to see them, the blood, it is the blood of Jesus, that blood, amen, that washes away, it's hard to understand, why would he talk about something like blood, amen, because it 
The Bible is his last will and testament. And for you to receive an inheritance from a last will and testament, somebody has got to die. Amen. You will not receive it until somebody. So Jesus came and died. So all the things that were lacking in your life, all the things that you needed, all the things that you were powerless over, all of a sudden now you have full access because it says he was wounded for my transgressions. That's the things that I did when I went against the law. He was bruised for my iniquities. All that evil, corrupt stuff inside of me. And if you say you weren't corrupt, the Bible says you are a liar and the truth is not in you. Your corrupt thinking, your mindset, you know, your ideas about things, your indifference. Amen. You're the way you treated your parents, the disrespect that you walked it in. He says all of that. He says you, that will wash it away by my blood. He said I was wounded for your transgressions, bruised for your iniquities, the way you used to act and by my stripes every time they beat me as I was walking to the cross he says every time they beat me with every stripe amen you were healed with every stripe you were delivered with every stripe you were set free with every stripe you were changed with every stripe that's what he did for you and Stephen is trying to tell them and they are angry they are angry. They don't want to know what he did. And it was so good that Jesus stood up. He stood up and said, now you see, if I can get me about 20 more Stevens, if I can get me 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 18, 19, 20, 20, and keep counting. If I could get me some of those, he says, we could take this one. And apparently he did because he took it. And it says that as Stephen was standing up, he saw Jesus standing. And you know what? All I want out of my world, out of this life, is my well done. I I don't care what it costs. And I've I've settled that with Jesus a long time ago. But if I could just get a standing ovation. How many of you want a standing aversion from the King of King and the Lord of Lords? He says, you know what? You don't have to do anything grand, but do something. Amen. You would be surprised how little it takes for Jesus to stand up and say, oh, you were willing to give up that for me. You were willing to do this in my name. You were willing to just just go out in the street and preach in my name. You were willing to embarrass yourself. You were willing to humble yourself. You were willing to give up for me he says you got your standing oh because I'm telling you I am determined that when I walk through that gate I don't want him sitting I want him when he sees me to get up now you may say that's vain you can say what you want I really don't care okay but I really how many of you want to stand and oh a standing oh I want to say this as I close I want you to go to Hebrews This has just always been my favorite for all of you. uh, What's that series that little boy had, this series I called The Life of a Wimp or a Wimpy Kid? What was it? Huh? Huh? Diary of a Wimpy Kid. I know y'all got your little diaries. You know, a lot of wimpy kids are in the body of Christ. Amen? But I want you to turn with me Hebrews 10.36. And I need a couple of readers. I want somebody to turn to me. Let's turn to Timothy 2 and 3. 
I want somebody to turn to Second Timothy 2 and 3. I want somebody to turn to Second Timothy 3.11. Amen. Would you do that for me? Okay. Whoever has Hebrews 10.36, you can raise your hand and just come and read. Come on. Come on. Come on, read. Hebrews 10.36. Amen. For you have need of endurance. So say, that say, say, say it like you, like you say it. Okay. Say it with authority. Preach it. For when you have need of endurance, so that you, I'm sorry, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Say so you have need of endurance, so that after you have done what? What? The will, the will of God. The will of God. You will what? You may receive. You may what receive what he has promised. Amen. He says you have need of endurance. What does endurance mean? You might want to write this down. This will help you out. Okay. He says you need to have some endurance. What's that? That is the ability to suffer but never surrender. Yeah. Amen. So many of us are afraid of any kind of little discomfort of being just out of sorts and I I have to ask God for forgiveness every day when things get tight and things get difficult because I told I think I told my son-in-law last month I was in the bathroom praying and God says um, can I trust you to suffer for me he said can I trust you he said you're not going to fall apart on me are you I said God you can trust me he says you know what you know how Stephen was able to pull this off you have need of endurance the ability to suffer and never surrender and never give up. He says, then you will receive the promise. Oh, and I, I, that's a whole nother message. What he promised somebody who has second Timothy two and three boldly reading. You got the mic. Second Timothy two, three. Now come on up to the mic. So you get to the mic real loud. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier for Jesus Christ. Okay. Oh, what you mean? I got saved, and now I gotta just go through something. Yeah, yeah. Well, you were going through it before, with with no good outcome because God wasn't on your side. But any hardship you go for in Christ, you got a reward coming. He promised to deliver that the the righteous would be delivered. Second Timothy three eleven. Somebody got that? Michael. Persecutions. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Persecutions. Start at ten. Start at ten. Start at ten. Okay. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, sufferings. What kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured? Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. Amen. All of them. He was rescued. Psalms 118. Come on up here, Pastor Darrell. I need your help on Psalms 118. Yeah, let's go to somewhere. So this this is this is this is the whole thing. This is the whole thing about enduring and the strength to go through and to deal with difficulties. This is the whole thing about it. Hold on, I want to just begin. You're saying, Lord, how can you just Psalm eighteen? Let's just start at one, okay? And we're gonna kind of read together a little bit. Because you're saying Psalms 118, starting at verse 1. Because this is the whole thing. God, how can you ask me to suffer? How can you ask me to go through changes? 
How can you ask me to be embarrassed and humiliated for the sake of the gospel? Hey, I'm not just trying to make ways. I'm not trying to get in trouble. I'm not trying to lose my job. I'm not trying for people to think that I'm some kind of freaky, crazy person. God, how can you ask me to do that? How am I going to get through that? Okay, now we're going to read Psalm 118 together. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. You got that? All right, verse 2. Let Israel now say, his mercy endures forever. And let's read together verse 3. Let the house of Aaron now say, his mercy endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his mercy endures forever. Let's go down to, uh, let's go down to verse, uh, um, uh, uh, oh, this is a lot. Okay. I'll read down here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Almost like a wrong translation. I do. Maybe it's so like. 29. The one where it keeps saying his mercy endures forever. Uh, isn't that 118? Yeah, this, we said it like. Yeah. I'm going to end this, okay? God can allow us and call us to endure. Because his mercy endureth forever. He says, I've got you covered. Whatever you do for me, I've got you covered. People going to talk about you. They're going to tell you that you're crazy. But I'm telling you, we live in a time. We're living in a season. We're living in a world. Amen. Where you better know how to suck it up and endure. Because stuff is happening all around us. You can have a place to live one day. And be in your car, if you have one, the next. You understand what I mean? You can have a job one day, and hey, be down at the welfare office the next. Amen? And so, well, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm a Christian, so, you know, I don't have to go through anything. What did Paul just say? Paul said, I have endured persecution, hardship. I've been through all of it. So this whole teaching that we have out here now, that we're not supposed to endure anything, we're not supposed to go in through anything, it's a, it's a flawed teaching. What it does promise is that he has given you his angels charge over you to keep you all of all your ways. They will bear you up with their hands lest you dash your foot against a stone. He says, I got you. I got you. Whatever you do for me, you think I'm you really think I'm going to let you do something for me and not protect you, not bring you through it, not keep you, not wake make a way for you. So I just want to encourage you today. Number one, to understand that serving God and being Jesus crazy is not just for preachers. Amen. It's for those who wait tables. Those who take care of widows and orphans, those who play the piano, those who load the trucks, they are just as powerful in the sight of God as anybody else, as anybody else. And I want you to pray today. I don't care if you've been saved a week, five minutes, planning on getting saved. And, and, And some of you have been saved for many, many years, and you still don't know what God has for you what he's called you to do. But I want you to do something. 
I want you to just open your heart. Right now, just close your eyes and say, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? Because I'm crazy about you. I'm crazy about Jesus. Lord, I pray that your name would be bold on my lips this week. Whether I'm in school, whether I'm at work, whether I'm talking to my family, whether I'm talking to an enemy. God, please give me a heart, Father, that's crazy for you. Crazy for you, Lord. Crazy for you. Can somebody just say that? Just whisper that? Lord, make me crazy for you. Make me crazy for you. Crazy for you, Lord. Lord, teach me how to endure, Father. Teach me how not to be a Christian wimp, Father. But to be a champion for you, God. Lord, take away any fear that's out of my, in my heart, Father. Fear of giving. Oh, if I give this, then I, I won't have that. Take away everything that constitutes fear. Oh, how am I going to eat tomorrow? Where am I going to live? What am I going to do? God says, I got you. I promise that I would never leave you and never forsake you because my mercy endures forever. It can get you through anything. You think I would let you be crazy for me? Be crazy about me and not be crazy about you? I was crazy about you before you ever thought about even knowing me. Why would I give my son on the cross to die if I wasn't crazy in love with you? Crazy in love with you. Crazy in love with you. Lord, raise up some champions. Raise up some crazy people, Father. Lord, people who will take it to the streets, Father. Lord, that will be so on fire for you, God. Lord, that it will change every part of their lives. Father, that they'll dump out the liquor cabinets in their house. That they will refuse to watch porn on television, Father. And horror movies and things that invite Satan into their living room, Father. Lord, sanctify them in every area, God, in every way, Father. Lord, I feel like a crazy person myself right now, Father. But I don't care, Father. I don't care, Father. I know, Lord, that in this generation, God, with things being the way they are, you have to raise up some crazy Christians, Father. Some crazy Christians, Father. Crazy in love with you, Father, who are not afraid, Lord, to speak your name. Oh, God. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody wants, I want you to pray with me right now. Just pray with me right now. So, Lord, make me crazy for you. Make me crazy for you. Make me crazy for you.